Hello, hello. This is Artists with M. I'm your host, M. Persico. Today, our guest is Sarah Saavedra. Say hi. Hi, listeners of M. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) So, uh, how would you describe yourself as an artist? Um, I think of myself as an artist that kind of is just all over the place. Yeah, um, you also do like like uh, yeah, hand stitching. Yeah, I'm like a crafty. I'm like a crafty person. So sort yeah. of like a jack of all trades. Uh, uh, I don't know what a gender neutral term for a jack is, so I'll just say jack anyway. I never even thought of a gender neutral version of that word. Me neither. Like I know it's not actually like the human person named Jack. It like means like an actual tool or something like that. But I don't know what that is oh. it's so far gone in the back of the whole etymology that i don't know what a jack looks like yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know like i don't have a it's not even the like phone thing that whole when yeah. they, when you ask gen zers to like mime a phone they just put their flat hand yes up to their, up to their ear that's what actors have to do these days too yeah i mean that, like... yeah that's true as opposed to the whole like um yeah thumb and thumb and pinky like a rotary phone yeah Yeah. i actually always just imagine like a jester you Mm -hmm. know like those guys with the hats is a jack of all trades i don't know why yeah i think of like the um the card suit like king queen jack yes Mm -hmm. exactly card and he kind of look he kind of looks like a like um or is that a joker no a jester joker yeah yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But that's what I think of too. That's how I yeah. think of myself is that I don't have one particular area of art that I'm yes. super dedicated to. I did go to school for theater. Um, I went to San Francisco State University um, and I did major in theater. Um, and surprisingly, I decided to have my specialization in dramaturgy and play development. So I, did, I didn't do acting. I like, And when I graduated college, I did mostly lighting because it was, mm-hmm. it was really fun, but I got into it super late. So I never thought mm. that I was particularly dedicated to that, but that's what I ended up doing. I, that was my primary source of income when I, after I graduated for a while. Yeah, you know. Wow, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah, like I did stagehand, I was an electrician. Um, I did light design a little bit for some small local Bay Area theater companies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, Awesome Theater, that was really fun. Um, and Quantum Dragon Theater's not around anymore, but that was my first um, light design company. And that was the first time I was ever nominated for any award in terms of my art. What? I, like, I didn't win, but I was nominated for um, lighting. Uh, we did a show called Universal Robots, and um, uh-huh. that was a really difficult show. I loved it so much. Um, I cried. Every single time I saw the show, I cried because it was just so beautiful. Um, and oh. that's not me. My work was beautiful. But I mean, the entire show was beautiful. Yes. Um, the thing you created yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think that me like, I like different kinds of art and I like different kinds of disciplines. Be, for different reasons you know yes. what I mean yeah like I totally agree mm-hmm. like I do do a lot of crafting like I'm knitting like two things right now um I sew and a lot of those are f- like creative in a utilitarian way um and 
I think with being a performer, that's really vulnerable to me. Um, Cause I did, when I was in community college and I was trying to resist the whole theater school thing, cause I have a Filipino mother. Um, I love her very much. Um, me and my mother are very close, but for a lot of my younger years, she said something along the lines of, you could Go just, to nursing school. Yes, go to nursing school. You can always be in theater later. Just go to nursing school. Yes. And Why don't you get a practical degree? Yeah. So I spent like an extra two years at community college um, just trying to figure out something else to do. Like, What can I do besides the thing I love? Yeah. And I was like, why don't I just take like a different variety of classes? Like, let's do sociology. Let's do logic. Let me take the hardest math that I can at like in terms of my basics things because they say oh yeah take statistics if you're going to be an art because it's like you know you don't you don't need to learn um like calculus if you're going to be an artist and I'm like yeah I kept hearing that but I'm like I'm not a statistics kind of person I'm not a statistics kind of person either and I'm not going to say that like um and it's not that calculus wasn't hard because it was but I just, I did that route because I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing. And um, I kind of just go with my inner, when I have an inner voice saying like, you should do that, I just try to say yes as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, thanks to my therapist from three years ago, David, who told me that. He's like, what's like, what? There's nothing wrong with not having like an inner purpose. Like there's nothing wrong with like, not having a burning desire or like, you know, being like knowing what your career should be and like um, only focusing on that. That's not like, I don't think there, there's multiple ways of being, of living your life. And, yeah, like um, giving yourself permission to be, to, to be able to like explore and not hold so much pressure. Yeah. Cause it's really hard to be creative when you have so much pressure to be yeah. successful, yeah. so much pressure to be like, something crazy yeah and like you should focus on one thing and be great at it as opposed yeah. to being kind of good at a lot of things and I'm like yeah well I'm kind of good at a variety of things and I think that all of those experiences and all of the skills that I have even if I'm not a master like I think they're valuable in and of themselves and they all relate to me because like the reason I wanted to do this podcast uh, like specifically talking to artists because I feel like so many types of people I've met are really an artist in their own special way. You mm -hmm. know, just like just like you, I also do like I'm a jack of all trades. So mm -hmm. I I know clowns, I know musicians, I know like poets and and writers and people from all like walks of art, mm -hmm. even engineers who design like circuit boards like my dad. Yeah. I think all these people that I'm I'm meeting are like artists and I feel like the talks we have like it really gets deeper and so many people could like benefit from listening to like how people approach art and the many different ways they started and working their way through it in the stage of life they are in you know yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I so can agree. you um uh tell our audience how you you know me oh i know you through my roommate uh my old roommate um alex sandra and um it was a group idea. I think she was talking to you about starting a screenwriting, like playwriting writers group, um, because we're in the we're in the coronavirus 2019 pandemic right now. 
it's December, um, and we all thought we'd be done with this in June, and it wasn't. <laughs> um, so I think, was it around June when we started the group? I think it was like May yeah, or June. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so we get together like once or tw uh, twice a month, you know. Yeah, every I, other I, Sunday. Ideally, yeah, every other Sunday, and we um, get on the internet machine, and we talk, and we read each other's work, and we give feedback, and yeah, it's been really motivating and um yeah it's been good to I totally connect agree. yeah it's been good to connect yeah. and i met you in real life yeah yeah i came met in person finally I, yeah as carefully as i could and i'm glad i'm like i came back and i got tested for covid like three times and i didn't get it so thanks for not Solid. giving it to me you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate you i'm so, so much. good fingers crossed <laughs> delightful um yeah yeah so i was glad i could meet you even though like I, and it took me a long time to be like should i go no should i oh fine i'm gonna go i just like i so i went and i'm just glad that nothing terrible happened so and that's the world we're living in right now so even if seriously we, yeah so not everyone can meet there internet friends in real life but i'm glad yeah. the internet exists <laughs> internet friends yeah sounds a little sketchy but that's what we have right now yes we're all that's how we meet new friends. friends at the moment yes because the uh, people at work some most people aren't at work in person and mm -hmm. the ones who are there there's very little socializing yes yes you know mm -hmm. yeah it's, oh man it's been good to meet regularly like even yes yeah. Even if we Something don't actually talk on. about the writing, like we had a few times yeah. when we didn't even talk about the writing. A little chatting. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, at times aren't available for the group chat. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I have to work on a commercial. Mm -hmm. Oh, whatever. The life it's like, of, I get it. The life of um, people who make film. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually doing a commercial soon, but yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? Something I I noticed was interesting. Like the very first um, um, writing group uh, meeting we had, mm -hmm. you um, introduced us to this poem you wrote. Yes. And you made like you cried. Everyone cried at different parts, and yeah. it's just like, wow, this is a great group of people that we that we have compiled. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, could you? Uh, perform that poem for us absolutely yeah. can yeah i have it All right, right here great. whenever you're ready actually it's really funny um this what? this is dated for june 12th so it, we did start the group in june oh yeah <laughs> i'm actually looking at it yeah right we did you're we totally right. did june 12th. yeah sure that was the first one mm -hmm. i will read it to you um it does it's a little bit heavy and i did warn yes. you guys when i brought it to the group i was like it's yes. a little heavy um it's very relatable Thank you. Yeah, so I'll just go right ahead. Go for it. It's called, I'm sorry, this is the first time I felt white. You see me. I'm brown, but definitely mixed with something. Strangers pretend they know me more than I know myself all the damn time. For so long, their words have been more important than my own words. I did not sign up for that when my mom decided to keep me. I almost look like her. I've always almost looked like her. I love my father, but you could see the son's influence on me more than you could see his. 
I was always jealous of my brothers and sister because they look like they belong to their parents. It's not my father's fault that his side of the family whispers on my face, whereas my mother's side called ahead to make sure that I start the rice cooker before mom gets home with the beefsteak and the onions and are we low on fish sauce? I used to fear that my family could abandon me. I didn't wake up from nightmares of them leaving me in a mall or dumped in the middle of a forest, but abandonment by trial. I would sit and stare in the mirror. For hours, I would imagine. My auntie says my brown skin was proof that my mom cheated on my dad. My tita spits back that we don't have hair like that on our side of the family. My uncle claims the tip of my nose isn't pronounced enough. I don't remind him of anyone he knows. Another tita whispers, large boned and the tummy, it's genetic from their side, dissecting and packing my body parts up to ship them back where they came from. I'm 18 on a bus. A stranger talks to me and asks for my phone number in front of my father. When I decline and move away from him, closer to my dad, the stranger apologizes. Assumes I'm my dad's girlfriend because we look nothing alike. I walk around with my brothers, my nieces, my nephews. I never fit in the picture. I'm never who strangers think I am. I used to hide underneath the playground slide, in the bathroom, in the closet. So when the group picture was taken, my presence wouldn't ruin it. My brother is white passing. Growing up, people liked him. He has my mother's brown hair, my father's eyes, my grandma's freckles. He plays the guitar like my uncle. He's good at games like my cousins and taunts that I'm secretly adopted, just like my demons do. Strangers are shocked we have the same parents. I'm followed in the store, but my brother is not. The security guard calls me a delinquent, but leaves him alone. I'm sent to ESL math class without being asked, without my parents' knowledge, but he gets into honors calculus with a fabulous letter home. Why would my parents, nature, God, and the angels bless one child with white privilege instead of giving some to both or both none at all? In the mirror, I stared and stared, searching for something. A secret silver hair, a particular freckle, a carrot-shaped birthmark to prove I belonged to someone. Prayed that one day I will wake up with a flatter nose or porcelain skin or fiery red curls. A sudden miracle, a, a tired lawyer entering new evidence that wins the case but it didn't happen. The door never flung open. The jury was hung. I hold my parents' love as my only proof on the courthouse steps. Until now. I looked in the mirror from walking up the stairs and I noticed myself blush. I blushed downwards, directly under my eyes. Like my grandmother, like I saw in a picture, my father's mother, like a white girl on my face, so uncanny. Have I never seen myself blush before? 
I paint my store-bought blush upwards higher on my cheeks in the morning and I'm looking in the mirror while I do it every day and this, this is the first time I saw her influence. The ghost of a grandmother I never met. A banshee instead of the lady of Palete Drive or La Llorona. Staring back, smirking like she was there the whole time. I saw her on my face and I felt white. And I was even more out of place. The only reason I'm here is because my ancestor went where they shouldn't, took what they shouldn't, and crushed who they should not have crushed. I felt a whisper of a thousand years of conquest, ocean spray and tears all wrapped up, twisted inside of me. I'm mixed up, lost on a land that isn't mine. Is this proof that I'm not brown enough? More proof that I'm not Asian enough, that I'm being taken away from my mother, that I didn't learn enough, that I didn't do enough. I belong, I swear, I'm theirs. I know, I know I don't look like it. What can I do? I don't know what to do. But I do know. I know. I remember this. I remember seeing something that didn't belong. I remember being mixed up with something similar from the outside. I remember learning to love through hating myself. I know. I'm hidden from the sun here. The words of others have been drowned out. I hold my place in the picture and my letter of love. I have always belonged to them. I can stare back now because I know you. I'm sorry, Grandma. You just startled me. Thank you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Thank you. I really, Aww. yeah. Sometimes, I like, I can't it. help it. Even if I'm just trying to, it's so per, like, I told you guys this before when I brought it to yeah. the group. I was like, this is really personal for me. Let me know if yeah. it's too personal. But it's, no. yeah, it's really, yeah, it's a really personal one for me. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing you did it for the very first day that we had our, that we all met. Well, the reason I brought it for the first day is because um, I had submitted it on the, I think on the scribe it, stage. Yeah, exactly. Scribe stages. Yeah. I, I just submitted it and I was like, I don't know if it's going to get picked. I hope it gets picked, but we'll see. And then it did get picked. I was really happy. I was like, oh my God, you like me? You really like me? Like the whole Sally, Sally Fields thing. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> Snap. So you were able to practice with us. Too. Oh yeah, and I then got. You performed mm -hmm. it for them, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. I was really, oh, so really pleased about that. So, thank you, folks. It's really great to have people to test yeah. it with and practice with. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, I wrote down different sections that I wanted to chat with you about and I and ask you questions about. Sure. Um, let's work backwards. Mm -hmm. So the very last like paragraph, you say, I'm hidden from the sun here. Mm -hmm. The words of others have been drowned out. 
what do you mean by here? Like, where are you? Like, in San Francisco? Or, like, here in your in your being right now? Because I know, like, that San Francisco is just really cloudy. So I'm like, <laughs> I was very pale up there, too. <laughs> um, that's more... I referenced the sun earlier in the yes. poem. Yes. So yeah. I think it has more to do with... Um, where you are in yourself and where I am in myself. I mean, it, I think I really like, you know, multiple ways of interpreting things like the whole, yeah. um, I, I kind of thought about Hamlet when I included any sort of sun type of thing, because I didn't want it to just be about a, a lot of what I think it's about is like colorism specifically, yes. like as someone Seriously. who's Asian American. Um, and yeah, so I know uh, lots of uh, cultures have been um, have colorism in their um, pasts uh, and caste systems based on colorism. Um, not always explicitly, but a lot of the times, yes, explicitly. Subtly. Yeah. Yes. A, lo a lot of the time, yes, explicitly. It's yes, a, seriously. Yeah, there's a literal like division of people based on how light or dark they are. Um, so it's partly like I'm not being seen in this way anymore it's partly like I don't look at myself this way anymore and um I also had like a really difficult it actually reminds me of this conversation I had with my mother um specifically and uh I remember when I was a kid I would refuse to wear sunscreen because of all the stuff my parent my like family members would say like like, because all that stuff that I wrote is true. Like, oh my God, right. what? And any sort of like Asian like person will say, like, yeah, my aunties, my like uncles, they all say crap like that. Like, um, yeah, why are you so dark? Like, you need to, you know, knock that so off. So you would do it to rebel? Yeah, I would be like, I don't want to wear sunscreen. It's gross. And also, you're saying mean things to me. So it makes me want to not do it even more. But the other thing, too, is like, the sun is damaging it's like we depend on it so much like it's a source of energy um but it is damaging to be like it is physically damaging like doesn't matter how dark or light you are like it's the sun uva and uvbs as as a fact damage your skin it just happens so i'm like it's more of a i and i think i'm kind of what i wanted to do was draw the metaphor with being seen because I earlier I mentioned that I'm physically hiding and here I'm more metaphorically hiding if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah I don't know if that makes sense and yeah you can interpret it however you want like how much does authorial intent really matter uh, <laughs> sometimes I it does what you mean sometimes it like does. yeah if it's like specific about your life, I'm I'm sure it's more about like what you meant by it. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of like if I'm kind of like being covered, like I'm under a tree, or like I'm not. Yeah, feeling attacked. Just anymore. metaphors everywhere. Yeah, it's so much. Yeah, all of the Protection. metaphor. I just slathered it on. Yes, yeah. like sunscreen. Like, or butter. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious fatty butter. Mm. The olive oil fancy stuff from, oh, um, yeah. from the health food aisle. 
Or Costco. Or Costco. They make good olive oil. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... I liked how you used the word enough. Is this proof that I'm not brown enough? Because, like, I feel similar in the way of being, like, mixed as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mixed. I'm, like, half white, half Latin. Mm-hmm. And so, like, being enough for any one side, it's like you're never enough. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't speak Spanish, so I'm not Latin enough. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't speak Italian, so I'm not whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> Italian enough. Yep. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Even growing up in my town, I felt like my dark brown eyes from my um, Latin side were just so, like, way more ethnic than, like, my town could stand, mm-hmm. you know? Because my town is Simi Valley, and this uh. is where the Rodney King trials happened, and they have signs up even now saying, we Simi Valley supports our cops, and they only put those up when, like, bad things are happening in the news mm-hmm. with Black Lives Matter and stuff. Wow. You know, so I could really relate to your, your like, all your little things about, like, being told you're adopted or something. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's definitely something I think I hadn't just heard for myself. And I grew up in Los Angeles. I went to Verdugo Hills High School, and um, it's not like I look unique going to school there. Like, there's plenty of... Right there's plenty of like Chicana, Chicano, like plenty of Latin Americans that go, that went to that school. Like both, both of them, like all of my, I lived in my hometown, like the whole, I, I, my hometown is San Tahunga to be like more specific. That's Mm -hmm. like up in the mountains and it's not like central LA. It's not like downtown LA, but still like it's mostly brown people. I went to high, Mm -hmm. I went to school with mostly brown people. But, like, even with brown people, even with my Filipino family, mm-hmm. even then, I still felt like I'm not in the in-group because of the fact of me. Like, yeah, I don't speak Spanish either, and I don't even speak Tagalog. My, like, you know, my mom worked a lot when I was growing up, so um, I just, like, didn't absorb it like my brothers and sisters did. I just, like, oh, wow. didn't. Um, and... Yeah, I always felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not... Seriously. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. appreciate now, though, I've been seeing... Because that was something that I heard from more than one person, and it's something that I've felt. But mm-hmm. I don't really believe it anymore. I, you know, because like, it all comes down to me having a problem with how other people treated me. And... Um, the thing, the conclusion that I come to, um, was that I don't think it matters on the inside how people treat me. Like, it's important for me to say these things because how other people treat me affects my life. But on the inside, like in my inner, like, guts, like viscerally, it doesn't bother me anymore because my parents because my parents love me, because people I care about love me, and I love me. That's another thing. Yeah. And it's not easy to get there when the whole world is treating you like bullshit. Like you're less than or you're not enough. Yeah, or like you don't belong, or like you're different from us and you don't belong like with us. You're not the same as me. And um, yeah. I feel like I've always been able to relate more to mixed race people than people of whatever little tidbit of the mixture I am you yeah, know for real because we were always like 
feeling a bit like imposter syndrome. Oh yeah, absolutely. Am I worthy of this area? Mm-hmm. Can I wear Latin clothes if I don't look Latin and people will think I'm like um, cultural appropriation is happening? Yeah, you I know? totally get that. Like, and I think no one really would say anything. Here's the other thing about like what it comes down to in terms of how someone looks at it from the outside with skin color, because mm-hmm. you're much lighter than I am. Um, yeah. But like, so if I were to wear Filipino clothes, I don't think anyone would say anything. Like, sure, I don't live in the Philippines, but like, I look f- like not weird. Or, like, no one would think that, unless they know me personally or unless I'm acting, like, you know, a, a silly face. Like right. They being, wouldn't second-guess it. Yeah. If, if they just saw, like, an image of me, they'd be like, yeah, she's wearing, like, some sort of ethnic clothes. Like, doesn't matter. Um, or even if I were to wear something, like, I don't, I still don't know. I still want to do this 23andMe to see if I am Mexican because that was, like, a whole it's pretty fun. thing. Yeah, I want to um, because that's still not something I know a lot about yet. And since we're so mixed, it's so fun to see what really yeah. is pops up. Yes, you know? e- exactly. So I'm like, would someone raise their eyebrows with me if I wore Mexican clothes or if I wore Spanish clothes? Maybe, maybe not. Probably but, like, not. But yeah, but like the other thing about that is like my dad is half like British Irish. My grandmother immigrated here from the from the United Kingdom. And but it's not a big deal if I wear like white people clothes. It's not. Or if I wear like right. Irish clothes. Be- clothes. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like even if yeah, even if I were to wear like something from the area, like if I were to wear like Welsh stuff, like because for so long and still today, like white being the standard, like European being the standard, it's not weird or like shameful for me to want to dress like that. Right. Yeah. Ugh, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. It's kind of like similarly trying with... to blend in. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. be the kid with the cool sneakers and like blend in with all the other like whitewashing everyone mm-hmm. yeah or my town felt big on whitewashing oh boy yeah or just oppressive uh-huh yeah same it, re- it reminds me of the whole thing in the news right now with harry styles and like candace owens and all of the other like silly things about him being on the vogue the cover of vogue by himself oh yeah wearing a dress being like we need yeah. to bring back manly men and i'm like oh i heard that about masculinity yeah are you serious this guy's awesome yeah and i think it's really great that the conversation at least from what i've been reading has been more about like oh it's you know gender's a spectrum like you know what does masculinity even mean like men used to wear high-heeled shoes and it was cruel um like not even that long ago kilts are great yeah i'm like man thighs are great so i want to see your man thighs yeah, it's really just, like, stereotypes. Yeah, but, like, like the other part of that, too, is that it's apparently to some of these people on the inside, it's, like, a level of misogyny where it's fine if a woman wants to dress like a man as long as she's not too mannish, but, like, yes. it's not okay for a man to be wearing a dress and to want to try to be like a woman because women right because the worst thing quote unquote is that a man could be a girl you know yeah. the worst thing possible you know that's why growing up whenever i would hear like you kick like a girl you run like a girl all these things i'm like 
so being a girl is bad yeah exactly you know? mm-hmm. so like growing up with gender it was always very confusing for me and mm-hmm. i finally landed on like non-binary because mm-hmm. i don't want to be controlled by the stereotypes and like the projected things people think we should be mm-hmm. yes you know like oh you are like i'm pale so they think that i should be something very specific like oh you're just that mm-hmm. you have no culture don't even pretend and people with oh the white people always just have a mixture of things it's like i'm not just white yeah you you put mayonnaise on your buttered noodles i don't do that i don't (laughs) i I hear you though yeah you don't think about it i'm like am i guilty of this (laughs) i've never put mayonnaise on buttered noodles but i have had buttered noodles and it's good Mm, if you get good butter yeah if you get good butter and good noodles it's good yeah, mm-hmm. I just get some Parmesan. Ooh. No, not, like, yeah. like, yeah, that's good, but, like, not even. Just, like, good, just delicious, like, I went to the farmer's market butter that's, like, Ooh. $10 for a pound. It's ridiculously yeah. expensive, but it's good. It's got, I like, live butter. cultures. Oh, my gosh. The cows yeah. are super happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. grass-fed. Yeah. Pasteurized like, or whatever. They go out in their fields and they listen to jazz. Yeah, those cows. <laughs> those cows, those jazz-loving cows. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, the part right before you said, I mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my ancestors went where they shouldn't. Is that, like, colonizing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, there's a big thing with colonizing the Philippines, but also all the white in us mm-hmm. colonized everywhere. Yeah, that was, th- for me especially, like... I told, I think I've told you this before, but I had this like huge identity crisis when, um, I don't know if he would cop to it today, which is one of the other reasons why I would like to do 23andMe or like some other sort of like genetics test is because Mm -hmm. I was speaking to my dad and his father is the one who brought our like Spanish name. My last name is Saavedra. That's from the Mm -hmm. Iberian Peninsula. Um, and my auntie Anne, who's also white has like a crest where we can trace our lineage like all the way back where if you read it it's like super old looking like there's swords on it and it's like a deep red color and it's like super fancy i'm not gonna see it probably she's probably gonna give it to one of like the white ones well not the white ones she's not you know she it's (laughs) it's more of like oh she's my like great aunt and she has like her own children so i'm like yeah they're probably gonna get it um if she was gonna give it to someone but i remember looking at that thing and i was like whoa that's very you know european so i asked my dad i was like so where in mexico was your father from and my dad said like some sort of place but he said oh but you know he's not mexican like he's from spain and i was like what exact like conquers what do you mean by that well like not yeah even, like not even a conqueror i get but you like because this is the 50s we're talking about he's not mexican yeah like that tone yeah like it's not yes well, i don't my dad didn't mean it like that i, I know i know i'd like to think my dad's a very like gentle person but he, he's just like i i was specifically asking like what part of Mexico are we from? Because right. I wanted to like see, I wanted to ask him like a follow-up being like, do you think we're just, you know, do you think we're mixed in Mexico? Or do you think it's like just like how much like 
Indigenous, Back. yeah. Right, yeah. totally. So that was where I was going with that. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think so. Like, I think he's from Spain. And I was like, he's just what did you just say? Like. Yeah. I was like, what did you just say? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, our last name is Spanish. Like, we're not from, like, you know, we're not going to go back in our lineage and, like, find you know indigenous people or like aztecs or you know yeah that's what he thinks yeah well i'm gonna find out someday soon like this uh, the next time i have a spare hundred dollars and i'm not so worried of yeah i'm gonna find out but like um i remember even just that thought that i'm mostly european was really hard for me to like think about because Especially with what we look like. Yeah, like, yeah, especially with what we look like. But then the other reason that it bothered me so much, because I was like, why does this matter? Like, if I was mostly European, it's not like I'm going to go around telling everybody. It's not like like you'll get the privilege of being mostly European. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, and I did feel how I said. I felt really, like, conflicted. I felt guilty and yeah. that's another thing where I'm like, I don't exist without all of this, like, Conquerors. bad stuff happening. Yeah, like, all of this colonization, the, like, you know, America doesn't exist without all of this stuff. And I was really stuck on feeling, you know, white guilt for a while because I was like, even if we take a, like, if even if we, like, put aside, because I don't care as much anymore about, like, what content I made up of because like I don't really think blood quantums are a good thing like it just you know I, percentages yeah like it's, it's yeah been used. we're really just a mix of our peoples yeah like we're the human race <laughs> seriously it's, yeah exactly so I put so I like addressed that internally with myself after like a while of thinking um and then I oh, I forgot where I was going with that um but I cared more about like how I felt on the inside because intergenerational trauma is real. So seriously, yeah, it is. it's real. Yeah. yeah. And I like, and I um, heard of that by watching, I think her name is Chaney McKnight. She does not your mama's history on the YouTube machine and she's awesome. And um, she's a black uh, reenactor. And I'm like, wow, that's, great that she's doing that because it's important um and yeah i think they i think she was doing a video with somebody else um and they were talking about like watching movies where people are playing or like doing a story about enslaved um africans and a lot of the time they can't handle like watching it sometimes like they have to pause it and i'm like anytime also like if you're watching because it's triggering a, in yeah, a, it's like, triggering. deep, like, his, his, yeah, deep way. Yeah, like, I, and I felt it just maybe not, like, I, you know, I felt like, I, I, like, heard them say that, and I was like, I felt that way, too, about certain things. Like, I feel that way, even if it's trauma that I personally haven't experienced. Like, you know, my, both of my grandparents and my mother are all, you know, are immigrants. Like, they came here, they didn't feel like they belonged like my um you know my mom having to change her name like my uh let's see or just like having to figure out like how to live here if you know my both of my parents and my dad's parents were in an interracial relationship when it probably wasn't that good of an idea to do it at the, at the time yeah um even with the whole like 
ideal like even with the whole like latin lover type of thing or like with the stereotypes or yeah. with like the super you know i forget what the the exact name but like asians are the ideal immigrant or something like that exotic yeah. quote end quote no i i mean that in more of the like oh Asians a worker are like, in like a worker yeah i can't remember yes. what the actual phrase is but like ideal immigrants they're subservient and like so yes well, yeah like they work hard and they don't like make a fuss so like yeah yeah but that's they emasculated them too mm-hmm. exactly so yeah. like i'm sure that was very difficult for all of them to deal with and like beyond that too it's like you know if my grandfather did live here or like my mom who her mother like came from these came from the visayan islands to manila and during world war ii so i'm like we're, right. we're carrying all of this stuff yeah inside. all the trauma from the wars and like yeah all everything. of that stress that stress is because stress is like a real physical thing that our bodies respond to and yeah. that can be passed on to your offspring yeah yeah so stress and like anxiety and mm-hmm. depression yeah or just like survival skills yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. I feel like my family has a lot of that fight or flight like problems. Mm-hmm. So we have like anxiety anxiety disorders or like we're overly hyper or overly stressed or like always thinking in 10 year increments like what am I going to be able to do in like 10 years if I lose my job right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I feel like um my Spanish and Mexican side like my great grandparents um like my grandma Senna and grandpa Senna, they didn't teach their kids Spanish. So my grandma Yvonne, they didn't teach their kids Spanish because they wanted them to assimilate, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like blend in with American society. My grandpa was like and, that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's just so much like whitewashing and trying to like blend in where mm-hmm. we like get rid of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. My gosh. Yeah. Actually, someone once asked me in college when I was in Afro-Cuban Ensemble, I was like the palest person in that group. Mm-hmm. And I had never like played Latin music because the town I'm I'm in was always like a like made it seem like um, anything Latin was like n- something not to promote like they were mm-hmm. always racist towards latin people even though there's yeah. a big latin community here yeah. even with our like age just to consider our like age you know all of that whole war on drugs like the you know the illegals are coming like quote and i'm like no they're not yeah i i had people in middle school ask me when i crossed the border wow like that was something that they were asking to make fun of each other i was like what What kind of question is that seriously one kids would make such harsh harsh things like that yeah i had a friend who's like pakistani and he used Mm -hmm. to make bomb jokes just so like other people wouldn't make jokes about him yeah he would make the boat jokes himself you know Mm -hmm. it's like like, i never even thought of that bashir yeah (laughs) you know i would never have thought of that Mm -hmm. jeez so in college, I was in Afro-Cuban ensemble, mm-hmm. and I was very, very pale. Even though I'm half Latin, I'm just like this white person, supposedly, in there. And so this girl once asked me, she's like, what What does it feel like to be a colonizer and a colonized? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> and I was stumped, because mm-hmm. 
I'm not quick and witty because I have to process information. So I'm like, hmm, this mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. Why would someone say this to me? Mm-hmm. You want to give her my poem? You want to send it to her? Yeah. I'm like, seriously. it feels like and this. Like, she's half Cuban and half Filipino. So I'm like, she's a mixture of all that, too, because of all of the co- colonization of mm-hmm. her areas. So mm-hmm. I'm sure she's mixed up in there, too. Yeah. I should have reversed it to her. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you feel? Yeah, like, and I don't know. The Philippines is, like, really unique, too, yes. I think, just because of the encouragement from the Spanish government to mix. Yeah, because, yeah, we, like, started, I forget what the, I'm really bad with years and, like, decades or whatever, um, but there was a, there was the caste system in the Philippines, like, you know, depending on who you were, like, are you a European? Are you, like... Um, a mixed, like, indigenous person. Are you, a, are you like, a black Filipino person? Are you, like, you know, how mixed are you? And then, um, there, and there's, and also, like, what kind of a Filipino are you? Because we look very different depending on where you so go. So many different Yeah, like, you looks. have people who are Filipino who look Chinese, or you have Filipino people who look um, Japanese or Korean or Dutch or, like, my or they just look spanish or they look like me my you know mixed yeah just mixed like ambiguously filipino yeah yeah or and you have filipinos who look black because yeah because they're yeah they have mixed up in there yep exactly because yeah we're all you go back far enough everybody's black seriously i have a lot of like like different African places mixed into my Mexican and indigenous side. Mm-hmm. I'm like 17% indigenous in Mexico. Awesome. Like, yeah. Cool. Jalisco and a few places like that, you know. Yeah. But you just can't tell with my Irish skin mm-hmm. that I got from my dad and his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, but even like my my white grandparents, my Italian grandfather and my Irish grandmother, like the Italian grandma didn't like the Irish, you know, my Italian great-grandma didn't even like my uh, Irish, like, grandma, you yeah. know? So there's, mm-hmm. like, prejudice in every group. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my family and your family have certainly found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, I wonder if people thought about it deeply. I'm sure, like, we all kind of feel that way. Like, if yeah. we, I think, that's what I think so. I think some people don't have the... Or some people have the privilege of not having to think about it. Um, yeah, but if they did, I'm pretty sure they would, like, feel something. Mm-hmm. Because it's all mixed up in our history. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we carry it forward through um, s- science. Right. Science and, and like, action. the white passing thing and not looking like your siblings. Mm-hmm. Like, all my siblings look similar, like, mixed. Mm-hmm. But I'm the palest one, so... My sister would always be like, oh, yeah, they ran out of melanin once they got to you, because I'm the youngest. It's like, thanks. Like, that's not how melanin works. No, they don't just run out. Yeah, that's Ah. not how it works. No. That's not the science. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would always think, like, oh, do people know that I'm half Latin because my mom, they see my mom, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I actually basically look like a white version of my mom. We have like the same face. I want to see your mom. I only yeah, saw we're the I, same height exactly. Bring your mom in. All right. <laughs> that won't be Some, weird. Someday. Yeah, I'll bring her in before like a, a something. You know. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah. Wait, I think I've seen, you showed me that like Thanksgiving video. I think I have seen your mom. There we go. That's yeah. so silly. Mm -hmm. I loved that video. I started crying when you showed it to me. Oh yeah, you I did. Was, I was like, Is so that what convinced family. you to come home for the holiday? Uh, Didn't you come home? That was right before you came home. Yeah, it was. No, I think I already bought my ticket because I okay, brought good. it. I think I brought it up in the meeting and then I told you that it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm just like, oh, so much family. Like, we can't have that right now. And I'm like, I haven't been, you know, my family is so scattered, like, all over the United States and the world. So, like, I can't have big, you know, long can't table gather. gatherings. And I haven't been to a, like, long table gathering where everyone sits down and eats together. And it's just like, you know, I just watched that. And I was like, I miss my family. I miss them so much. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, mm. one of the things you said in the very beginning, like, what, are you, like, the youngest or the oldest in your family? I'm the youngest. Okay. Because mm -hmm. it was interesting, like... I did not sign up for for that when my mom decided to keep me. Mm -hmm. Is that like, but you're the youngest. Yes. People decide not to keep the youngest? When Sometimes. So oh. I'm not going to tell you how old my mom is, but let's just put it this way, is that my mom in the 90s was old enough to wear the doctors at that time with the medical knowledge that they had that time and the attitudes around um, people older who mothers. older mothers and also Down syndrome, they oh, told, yes. yeah, basically my mom went into the doctor and the doctor was like, so you're older, I'm not going to say how much because I respect my mother and her, you know, never show your, never show anyone your whole ass, the whole like everybody has to keep their secrets. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a phrase. <laughs> I my mom would love that phrase. I think the actual phrase is never show your husband your whole ass. Jesus. Yeah. So like everyone <laughs> That's an needs, aggressive phrase. Everyone needs their seat. And you know, you think your husband would see your whole butt, but like apparently you should keep some secrets. Some secrets. Yeah. Oh everyone, gosh. you know, everyone ha is entitled to their privacy. Yeah. Everyone, you don't have to like be... You don't have to tell everyone everything. Exactly. So, like, I'm going to respect my mother and um, say she was older when mm -hmm. she found out she was pregnant with me. She'd mm -hmm. had my youngest older brother, um, like, a year before. And, oh, wow. Uh, she thought that was going to be it. And then she finds mm -hmm. out that she's pregnant with me. And the doctor at the time in 1990 says to her, so or no 1991 um i'm thinking i probably a valentine's day baby i'm like born in november so mm -hmm. <laughs> she so she goes to the doctor and he's like so your baby has a really high um likelihood that they'll develop down syndrome just like based on the statistics that we have so having um having an abortion is like an option for you and she was like nah i like babies Oh, I know. So like, I just yeah. don't like to, I, I don't know why I've, I think that was like me being really personal. Um, mm -hmm. and I also kind of my like own beliefs and ways of saying, like, I was very myself when I wrote this. And one of the things mm -hmm. that I think about is like, I don't think we should call birth control birth control. I think we should call it pregnancy control because yeah. birth and pregnancy 
are it's like different. are connected but they're not the same thing and i know a lot of people will be like well you're just being pedantic sarah and i'm like actually no i'm not like i'm you know because um, it's like the act of being able to get pregnant it's yes. not the act of of stopping birth yes exactly yes. so, so you're like, not stopping the birth of someone yeah. you're stopping the conceiving of someone yeah and i wanted to like I, I just like when I wrote that and I was like real being myself, I just like I try not to take it for granted that like having children is a choice. Like, yeah. you know, being hopefully I hope everyone has not everyone does. Yeah. Sometimes right. for safety reasons. Yeah, yeah. Not even just safety reasons, but just like, yeah. you know, I hope for I hope if someone decides to have who decides to start um Ex or expand their family in terms yeah. of offspring like that right. they have that choice so I just like yeah. wanted to like you know my mom having me wasn't Consider like something it. that just happened that was something that right. she decided to do and she, right. my mom was like an active participant in my life creation <laughs> yes yes my mom was an act my mom like stuff doesn't just happen to my mom my mom's an active She's a planner. Yeah. She's a, she takes it on. Yeah. Things don't just happen to my mother. She knows what she's doing. She's yeah. A, she's a decision maker. She's a finisher. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She sounds strong. I love my mother. Yeah. So much. Yeah. She's strong. I admire her so much. I don't always agree with her, but I'm like, you know, everyone. Wait, it's has very to... hard to agree with your mother all the time. Yes. But that's um, how we grow. Yeah. But I, I admire my mom so much. Like I sometimes I'm going to tell you something I haven't really told anybody. Um, so for you and your listeners, um, oh, thank I you. felt so weird when I find you ever have that moment where you realize your parents are people. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Like, because <laughs> like, you know, you're growing up in this like monolithic godlike um creature has provided for you has yeah. like you know has made you believe yeah it feels all-knowing it has made you believe that this is what the world is like and yes. then you get to a certain point and like I had a real like a heart for both of my parents too like I had a real like events for each of them realizing like oh my parents are humans my parents yeah. are people just like me my parents are mortal like i had yeah. like my parents are not just like i am yeah they're flawed they have like their own like stuff they had like an emotions entire, yeah or they had an entire Dreams. life before i existed that yeah was the, that was the weirdest thing for me to consider is like wow i was i'm trying to remember how old i was i think i was like 21 and i realized like oh my god my mom at 21 already had like three children or so seriously yeah. it's so crazy yeah and i was like and we think she... about who we are right now i'm like whoa yeah i was 21 Scary. and i was like oh my goodness and i thought about like my grandparents like my grandmother um i wish she'd lived longer but she lived to be my mom's mother she lived to be 85 and i was like mm -hmm. oh my god if i'm 21 i'm gonna do this again like my whole life that feels like everything i'm gonna do that period of time at least three more times 
And that was wild for me to consider. So, and I kind of carry that advice into a lot of things where I feel like I invested a lot of time, like especially relationships when I'm like dating someone and he, she, they like break up with me or like we just don't like when it for whatever reason, they like, we just don't work out. And I'm like crying. I'm like, but we were together for a year. And I'm like, like, uh, Sarah, stop. (laughs) A year, a year is nothing in the grand scheme of your life. Like it's nothing. And I give that advice to a lot of people. Like my friend, you know, dated his girlfriend for like five, for like five years. And he's like, but five years was a really long time. And I'm like, bro. Yeah. But in five more years, will this even matter? Yeah. You could do, I mean, sure. It can matter to you. Like it can like, sure. And of course, like your feelings are valid and like, yeah, that's your, you're grieving like a change in your life and yeah you and you feel like you lost that relationship and maybe yeah. you have maybe you haven't or like it's just a transitional changing period but yeah. like you're gonna do if you live to be like whatever elderly age you're gonna do five years like several more times you could do that whole ass relationship again several more times yeah you could so yeah look forward look up bruh Whoa. I told I told him that and look he was like oh my he was like oh my god Sarah you're so right I'm like yeah I yes know right. that's right <laughs> yeah I'm like I, I love that it's like yeah I know I'm right I'm like yeah be like you be like take your time you know feel your feelings you know if you're you're hurt you're hurt right now take a take a breather take a rest feel your pain let it go heal and stuff and then get back out there and find hashtag true love yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> hashtag bliss, hashtag goals. Yeah. Oh, the kids it's, these days. No, exactly. oh. <laughs> you know yes. what you made me think of just now mm-hmm. is that my grandpa, my dad's dad, he mm-hmm. died when he was 50. Oh, my goodness. And I'm 25. <sighs> so I'm half the age. So two of my ages mm-hmm. was then, was yeah. his life. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did so many things. Yeah. He was a world traveler. Yeah. He brought home... He had a, a farm in, like, Buffalo, New York, because he grew mm-hmm. up in, like, the city. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to, like, raise kids in a farm, and he'd bring home, like, baby cows in the back of his Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And he'd fly home baby from, cows? like... Yeah! Or he'd fly home with the... Yeah, or he'd fly home with a chicken in his shirt on the airplane because mm-hmm. he rescued it from a f- cockfighting, like ring Mm. you know he moved his family to like brazil for the while they grew up in high school it's like a whole lot of life happened in his life Mm -hmm. you know that's awesome everything we do it's like valid Mm -hmm. you know yeah i feel like maybe in the way that how trauma passes down he died so quick but he lived so much in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. my dad and his brothers and my siblings and i were just such in a hurry to live so much life and like Mm -hmm. do so much art and just get out there yeah that i think that was passed down with all that you know Mm -hmm. just trying to go and get all the art and all the friends and all the experiences yeah you know Mm mm-hmm I I agree. Like, and just even speaking in terms of art, like my dad plays the guitar 
and my uncle plays the guitar. If you ask my father about playing the guitar, he'll say like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm not that good, but my brother is really good. He went to Woodstock, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he was famous in our hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. And like, mm -hmm. people would see me and like say, hey, aren't you John's brother? And I'm like, wow, Uncle John was cool. <laughs> and my brother, uh, my, um, my youngest older brother, he also plays the guitar and he plays really well. Like, mm -hmm. um, I can't play the guitar. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But I like to sing, and I can tr I can kind of play the guitar. I try. I can play the ukulele, but, like, I'm not very good at, like, instruments. But we have, like, I was given this... I like to think that I was given this um, ability to be connected with music. Yeah. Through Definitely. them. Yeah. It, and my mom's the dancer, so I also dance. Oh, so cute. Mm -hmm. I have, like, these really great pictures of my mom, like, in a little dance class um, when she was younger. It's, like, these really cute, like, black and white pictures, and she's adorable. Oh, that's yeah, so she, cute. She's got a little, like, drum thing or tambourine. I think it's a tambourine. I'd have to look at it again. She's so cute. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. My dad's family have all been connected to, like, music and creating stuff and my mom's family they love music mm -hmm. my mom would go to concerts like so many times mm -hmm. every year forever I was asking them so wh what do you think the first concert I went to was like in the womb and my mom's like well I definitely <laughs> I definitely went to Rolling Stones that year what's the she first had, like a list the first concert I went to in the womb in the womb <laughs> that's awesome At least three of them that's you know? amazing. I want to yeah. do that. If I'm ever pregnant, I'm taking my I'm taking my embryo and fetus to concert. Yeah, your womb, baby. I'm, as soon as I know, as soon as I know if I'm pregnant, I'll be like, we're going out yeah. tonight. I'm taking we're you. We're going, to baby. Yeah, I'm going That's to so influence. I'm going to influence my um, offspring's music tastes in the womb. Yeah, <laughs> fresh out the womb. Seriously, feeling like it doesn't have to be Mozart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> There's music appreciation in my whole family. <laughs> my brother and I, we both play guitar and music and stuff. Mm -hmm. And my sister, Katie, she loves music. She's like, what's it called? Like a music file? Those mm. people who love music so much. Audiophile? Mm. I don't know. Musophile? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, audiophile. Audio, uh, audiophile, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like... One of those. She loves to be in the know of all the music out there. Cool. You know, that's awesome. Just like my mom. So I feel like it really does trickle down. Yeah, I even used like just to think about um, influences in in art is like um, you want to know it's a huge, huge thing in Filipino culture. Sure. In a, in a lot of Asian culture, actually. Mm-hmm. Is karaoke. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the so, secret. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a huge thing. Like a lot of a lot of Asian culture, like not just the yeah. Philippines, but like also Japan and like oh Korea. seriously, yeah, like they have they have karaoke bars. Yeah, and like, you can rent karaoke rooms. Mm -hmm, exactly. So like I remember um, when I realized like I was good at singing, like beyond me just like liking it, where I'm like, oh yeah. no, I'm actually pretty good. And yeah, like, um, for people as, appreciate it. Yeah, I was like painfully shy when I was growing up, but like, yeah, soon, like soon-ish, I realized like, oh no, I can use this. I didn't think of it in these explicit terms because I was a kid, but I like 
realized, oh, if I go up there and if I show off that I can sing and that I'm good at karaoke, I will belong more because Filipinos yeah. are good at karaoke. Yeah. It, is our, it is our thing. Meaning, like, we have Filipino restaurants that have karaoke. Oh, man. Yeah. I will finally belong. Yes. With I my will... karaoke skills. Exactly. Like, no, and I'm not, e- I'm being completely serious right I now. I totally see I'm being, you. like, a billion percent serious. And, like, even when I was dating my ex and he, like, um, he invited me to karaoke with his coworkers. Oh, and I was, yeah. like, crackety crack my fingers. Let I, me just let me, step in here. Being like, Is this I, my special mic? Being like, I, I promise not to show off. <laughs> but but I was so much more comfortable. I felt like, you know, even though we, um, our relationship didn't last, I'm like, that event that I went to where, you know, most of his coworkers are Japanese. He, like, worked for a mostly Japanese company. And, like, he was, I think it was him and, like, one other person that were white while we were there. Yeah, time but, to shine. Yes, I was like, I will belong here. I will shine, and I am secure in my identity as an Asian yes. person because I know karaoke. Oh, mm-hmm. here it is. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I feel like singing and like performing music is something that's like one of the most basic things about me. Like mm-hmm. it's like a fundamental aspect of my life. And I feel like people don't really know me mm-hmm. until they know that side of me. Yeah. You know? Do you ever mm-hmm. have that experience? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's actually... I felt that way when I was in college. Like, I transferred in to San Francisco State, and um, I had moved here. It was the first time I had moved out on my own, and, like, I didn't want to take out a whole bunch of student loans. And um, when you transfer in it's hard to like meet people because you weren't in acting 101 with them and uh, um yes. yeah i never felt like i quote belonged there i i'm like yeah. it's kind of funny we're talking about belonging so much um but uh imposter syndrome yet again well, with not, artists yeah. and mixed race people yeah but like even beyond that like it's art is something that i use to connect like and Mm -hmm. lots of people do use it as like a connecting tool like even beyond like the internet like you know we have what's the first song that we've ever that we've been able to find like in ancient greek and uh i wish i knew what it was called it's like i I know the tune that's been translated from the lyre onto Mm -hmm. guitar but like one of the oldest songs in the world and we can still play it like now um, yeah, and, and we can we, feel feel and, something like an approximation, like an abstraction of what they would have heard, and we can translate the words from ancient Greek, and it basically is like the meaning of the song is you know we only live once. Oh yeah, like we're here until we're gone. That like that's the oldest yeah. song that we can find, and we're connecting to ancient Greeks that were alive thousands of years ago. Who wrote it? Who, who heard it? Yeah. Who connected to it. That's insane that we can do that. And like, yeah, like, you know, I like music also from the twenties too. So, yeah. And it's amazing now, now that we do have the internet, even beyond that, there's like, once a song is in the public domain, like someone will scan it and put it on a university website for free and I can go find it and like see an original like scan of something that someone kept treasured and thought like 
we're gonna want this to share like with everyone and I'm like I think that's all and I think that's something that's kind of fundamental about art is that like sure art can be things art can be like experiences art can be like you know utilitarian it can be like not utilitarian it can be like um a banana tape to the wall because it's the idea right like art can just be an idea of something right but it's also like i think when someone makes art they're making it they're making it and like creating it with the intent of someone consuming it whether it's themselves like oh i'm making underwear that i'm not expecting anyone to see but i still stitched pretty lace on it because i'm right. gonna see it i'm right. gonna wash it and it's like, all about who it's for because it could be for you yeah it could be for your dad mm-hmm. it could be for your best friend who needs a picture for her bathroom mm-hmm. you know yeah but i think like the it, the interaction is the is like one of the fundamental things about art in that I'm making something so that it will be interacted with whether yeah. like even even if the whole like underwear thing being like my past self is making this so my future self will continue to interact with it and enjoy it or be like stimulated by it. I always think of that like saving half of my sandwich for later. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. like this half of the sandwich is for my future self. Mm-hmm. Or like even something that's really you know something like more I'm trying to think of like a more abstract thing like I I jumped to that art piece that Ai Weiwei did with the undulating like steel from Mm, the you know what I'm talking about I don't remember what that's called um and it's just like hammered out steel from the um schools in China that fell in the earthquakes and he like has a person like reading off three hours of names of children who died and i'm like that's so powerful but the like object of the steel in undulating waves is art that you can look at but it's also like the message the whole experience of hearing that and seeing it is is the like the experience of in and of itself is the art so yeah the art with the like interactive concept Yes. Of people in the room actually feeling yeah. feeling the emotions with the reading off of the names. Yeah. Like and a I, performance piece. Yeah. Or theater, too. Yeah. Theater, too. Like, we can have, oh, we're doing a run-through, but it's not the performance. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between that with the purpose of doing this, these actions. So, like, we're doing this run-through as a test we're doing this run through to like make sure that we're going to do these actions correctly but then once you have people in there you have the performance and it's and they're two different things like it's transformative Mm -hmm. the intent to show is transformative right Mm -hmm. just like when i'm like practicing like a song Mm -hmm. it's it feels different when someone's listening absolutely Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I think that's something else that I really like about humans is that the whole understanding that something is going to be experienced or understanding that like someone is watching you is different than when you're alone. And that's an important thing to consider because a lot of humans apparently don't understand the idea of consent. And it's like so oh. 
so basic because that is consent like even if we talk about like the latin meaning of the word it's like con meaning together and sentir meaning feeling so like we are both in this space you and i are speaking because we've agreed to it um you asked me to be on your podcast and i said yes and now we're making this experience for you know people to listen to and we've agreed to that when someone clicks on your podcast they're going to be like yeah i want to hear this yes i'm agreeing to listening to what they have to say yeah about art yeah even basic to the whole like well she's wearing underwear and it's the same as she's wearing a bikini why is she mad if i'm looking at her under underwear and i'm like because it's the consent that it's a that it's a bathing suit so i'm giving you consent to look at it yes being like it is the it is the context and it is the consent of the matter so and that is so basic and it's art it's related to art right (laughs) i feel like we went super off the rails no art is never off the rails chill (laughs) you know yeah that's the thing it's like abstract and it's detailed and Mm -hmm. you get there one way or another Mm mm-hmm so um how's your like life experiences influenced your art oh that is so complicated i know Um, (laughs) i could yeah i could write a book about that um yeah where where and i'm like i wouldn't finish um no one would i don't think yeah i mean like i can't trace every single thing that makes me want to do something i can like tell you major. how about the day-to-day yeah major things or the the art you're doing right now okay the art i'm doing right now um well, I'm not doing lighting because of this pandemic business, which makes me sad. But I'll tell you why specifically I got into lighting, like the moment, the story. The reason, the whole reason I got into lighting was because I had like a free hour on campus at SF State. And I was like, well, I don't want to like go back to my apartment and like come back to campus. And I don't want to just like hang out hang out for an hour i might as well just like take like a one unit like class maybe it'll be useful or and i can always drop it later if i'm not into it so i took i took a programming class a light um board programming class and um i remember it was really informative and it was i remember like thinking well this will be a good skill and it was a good skill like i you know did some programming um after college and it was you know i i was that's one of the like better rates of work that you can get as someone who's going to be in technical theater and that's not like a master of something um so i (laughs) took this class and i remember they have this um they have the board in there with you but they have the monitor with like a virtual stage and in the virtual stage i remember like moving intelligent fixtures in the virtual stage. It's not even like a real stage. It's just the virtual stage. But I remember moving the lights in there and I was like, I am God. I have control of this and I can make cool things happen. It's not just turning. This is the experience I'm creating. Yes. I felt like so, I felt like it was the coolest thing ever where like this, I learned how to speak to this piece of equipment and this piece of equipment is telling something else to do what I want. That is yeah. so cool. And I think beyond that also is like, when I I always, when I was first designing things, I was really nerve wracked and like, oh man, I don't know if I want like, 
people to know if I'm light designing. Like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like do this well, but I'll try. And you know, having all of these doubts and having this imposter syndrome because I like didn't study it like everybody else I knew did. Like, right. every, yeah. So, um, but I did my first show, um, and I remember like opening night thinking like, man, I should have invited someone because I was really proud of that. I worked so yeah. hard on it. And the other thing is when you're a lighting designer, sure, you're working collaboratively with your director, with your actors, with your stage manager, with your um, set designer, all the other, you know, sound, costume, et cetera, et cetera. But like when someone's in the theater, the coolness of the lighting is it's utilitarian. It's like I, you know, I didn't build the environment, but I do build the environment. I control yeah. the environment in a way like that's partly physical, but yeah. it's also like in term it like to use some cinematic language, I control the audience's gaze in a way. Like yeah. I, I give them a suggestion of where to look. I like give yeah. them as a designer, I set these lights up to draw their attention to let to like give them little breadcrumbs into like hey audience this moment is important or hey audience yeah. this is a metaphor and i'm using lighting to tell you that um Ooh, or yeah sneaky. so i know i love feeling like lighting was someone who was as an entity that was creating the play but also watching it with you that's what I really loved about lighting. Watching it with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's kind of like being on a date with someone that you planned and they didn't plan. It's kind of like that. It's like orchestrating a perfect movie yeah. or short film. Exactly. That's how it felt. That's one aspect of like, this is really cool. I think um, I'm crafty also, but I, that kind of appeals to my utilitarian side. Like, yeah. you know, having useful... Making yourself some socks because you need socks. Yeah. I need socks or like, you know, not being wasteful because I, I don't I don't know if we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with our friend Alec a lot where mm. I go on and on about how the um, fabric and like textile and fashion industry is so wasteful and like um, is a drain on the global economy and on also like abuses their workers and et cetera, oh, et cetera. And like, but the main thing you know, of course I care about um, textile workers, of course I do, but like the major problem with it, other than underpaying poor sweatshop workers, is like the environmental impact of making new material and taking that f and then like throwing it away two years later. I'm like, I'm not down or for that anymore. three months later because H&M yeah. makes, like, poorly made, like, stuff. But I mm -hmm. love it. But yes. it's still, like, it's made by sad people mm -hmm. who are underpaid by yeah. materials that aren't very good. Meaning, mm -hmm. I mean, like, we're wrapping ourselves in literal plastic, which is polyester. Which oh, is, yes. Yeah, which is kinds and of nylon. Sweaty and we're sweaty from yeah, the polyester. And it's, and it's not comfortable and yeah. the only thing I think the only thing polyester is good for is insulation like in houses I mean no in clothes too so like I have my I also don't want to like throw away my polyester clothes like right, I don't want to that's like, still wasteful yeah it's still wasteful but like I'm definitely once you start learning about that stuff and if it bothers you you can't help but think about it like yeah. I have I think this whole year I've bought maybe five things of clothes this whole year and I used what? to buy 
way more. Like I bought wow. I bought two pairs of pants. I bought um a dress but that was secondhand. Um mm. and I bought like some underwear and that's it. Wow. And I'm talking like it was a three pack of underwear, that's why I say six. I think maybe I Oh I my goodness. Yeah, I, I just throw in one extra thing because I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Of course. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that buffer. Yeah. And I'm wearing human, human error. Yeah, exactly. I'm wearing a dress that I made right now and it's so comfortable. Um yeah, because it's like, you know, it's not like the most comfortable. It's cotton instead of linen, but like it's, you know, right. and I, but I made it to fit me because that's another like yes. facet on top of it is like, oh, I made this. It's a reflection of something that I made. When you look at it, at, you can yes. almost feel my hands on it. And yeah. like, kind of, and the other thing too is like, you know, it's made to fit me because yes. all of these clothes that are mass manufactured are made to fit an idealized average of that company's yeah target market seriously it's never right for people like i am four foot ten and i used to have like 34 f boobs Mm -hmm. and so like nothing fit me i would like cry they didn't make it for you yeah i would cry in the dressing rooms or at the dress shops Mm -hmm. when it's like like dance season and it's Mm -hmm. like nothing fits me yeah it sucked and like and that that's also something that affects how you feel but like having all of this information and like engaging in the creation of the objects that I'm wearing and doing all of this and have and also like having the privilege of being able to like research all of these things yeah. i live by investing my... your time and effort yeah, like, makes you feel more connected yeah like when i was in college i wouldn't have time to do any of this like you know and that's when i was buying yeah. like the cheapest things yeah that I was same wearing. yeah same. so like i'm a little bit older and you know i have a good day job and i have like my own space where I can like do as I please and I and not everyone has that option so it's like you know I'm not going to sneer at someone who's like uh you can't work, shop at H&M that's terrible you're a terrible yeah. person I'll be like no sometimes that's what you need to do to like live sometimes you need that stuff and I'm like this that's like the privilege of what you can do after college you know mm-hmm. so many people are so afraid like when I was graduating from mm-hmm. college I was thinking oh my gosh San Francisco the rent's too high. Mm-hmm. Minimum wage is $15. I'll mm-hmm. never be able to afford to live anywhere with this cinema de- degree that's, you know, most people, they're just like, okay, time to go work at somewhere that's not related to my, you know, industry or whatever. Yeah. And so I was, like, so afraid. But now I, after college, it's been a few years, and I'm like, wow, I can finally, like, connect back to what I love you know like creating crafts the environment Mm -hmm. I had no idea about plants or the environment during college I was just focused on finishing the silly things I was trying to finish for school and not going crazy and being Mm -hmm. overly competitive with myself and tying Mm -hmm. in all this like self-worth to like what I'm doing in school Mm -hmm. it's like finally free from school it's like time to be creative time to give like permission to take a break Mm -hmm. you know and get to know things that matter as well like creating your own clothes being comfortable in your body discovering the environment realizing we need to help the environment yes you know Mm -hmm. there's so many things after college that people don't know about 
Mm-hmm. And I think that experience is like really tied to um, your socioeconomic status. Yeah. Because I won't like, I just remember like feeling so salty and like, I won't say who it was, but I remember there was a person in my like section of study and they would get like really good grades and they would like do all these projects. And I was like, how are they doing this? I don't understand. And then like, I remember hearing them speak and they were like, oh yeah, like, you know, my parents are paying for this and I live with them and I have all this free time and I really appreciate that I have the opportunity to do more things and like invest in my education in this way. And I was like, this person's aware, but that's so, so, you know, not fair how expensive college has become because I remember like reading articles about like how cheap it used to be and how like it was an it was an era of exploration where you could just go to your 20 hour a week um part-time job and go to college and still have all this time for having fun and being and you're able to pay for your rent and not live with your parents and you can invest in a house because you don't have all these student loans Mm -hmm. like you could get married and it's not that big of a deal or like yeah or yeah it just or and you're sure that you're gonna have so many opportunities after college yeah which is the whole like other reason why you went but it was also just like it was an academic vacation mm. some people thought think that like used to feel like college was like that yeah an and it also was vacation. a way to avoid like the army yes you yes. know and yes. if you could afford to go to school you can avoid the army mm-hmm so then yes. all these people couldn't afford the school had to go into reality mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, Man. Yeah. So many things are connected to money. Yeah. Can't get away so from did, it. did you ever like um, connect your self-worth with how productive or like creative you were? Absolutely. Yeah. Or like yeah. your school achievements or like what you're doing yeah that reminds me of um so you know that i sing but a lot of the people in my college did not know that i sang because i just didn't have time so i felt like i was kind of ignoring a part of myself yeah yeah so i like sing all the time but i just sing at home like and that's also difficult for me to kind of reconcile because i'm not interested in being a public figure and i feel like with how the music industry works and how i would have to have a presence that's more than what I want online. I don't like, I don't want to have a million followers. I don't want to have like a YouTube channel. That's not Mm -hmm. what I want to do art for. But like, I liked singing so much. I just liked the doing of it. The act of doing it, yeah. Yeah. You get endorphins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, it was really, fun and I just tell myself before I decided to just like go for this whole theater thing where I said I just can't do it you can't do it you can't do it you can't do it and now I'm like shut up tiny voice tell that brain yeah because then I have another voice over here being like but you feel like you should and you should and you should but you can't and you should but you can't and you should there are little totally. puppet. I'm doing puppet hands for the two different voices. Um, I told. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, so I definitely felt like guilty that I wasn't being true to myself. And like, it, there's there's also like the whole survival aspect. 
after college too. And I'm also going to say like, I'm not that old, like I'm not even 30. So, um, you know, I have time to like do art. And like, if I change my mind about being a public figure, I guess I could still do like, be a musician of some kind. Um, and you could always do local stuff. Yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. So I'm not- A community not, of people you sing with. Yeah, I'm not as concerned about art being connected to my self-worth, but it is important to me because it's a part of who I am. And like the world is better and my life is better when I'm being myself. Yes. Because it's hard to try to be not who you are. It's yeah. Eff- it's it's effort to try to be something yeah. that you're not. It's hard to be yourself, but it's harder to hide yourself and mm-hmm. like try to like hold yourself in so no one else can see it, and you're basically just ripping yourself apart. Mm-hmm. I do feel bad about like the writing ideas that I have that I haven't finished or like worked on. I feel bad. Like I'm just like, ah, oh, I loved that piece of writing that I did, but I don't know what to do with it. It's not done. Like I don't know what to right. do. Yeah, we'll have so, to workshop it. Yeah, we have to workshop Brainstorm. it. Brainstorm. Yeah, like asking for help is a huge thing. I don't know how to yes. do. I'm still it's learning hard. how to do that. Um, and having like groups like our writing group or like having friends that you can bring things to um, is great to yeah. <laughs> That's the to, thing to, like, with feel art. inspired and to focus. Yeah. You yeah. need a community. Mm-hmm. You know, my I had a, a screenwriting professor in college, Julian Hoxter. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to have a writing group. You got to have people to push you and to keep you on a schedule mm-hmm. and to brainwash, like not brainwash, to, <laughs> to, bra- to brain work, you know, work it out. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you're right. I need this. I need people. I need a community because mm-hmm. you get so much farther with a community. Yes, absolutely. You're, just, you're not just alone in a room on a Zoom call. You yes. know, if you have a community of like, I'm in the clown community in LA, so mm-hmm. I get on big Zoom classes or events with them, and it's like, we're all together sweating and juggling hats, you know? I've we're never seen together. you juggle. Ha! You'll see. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Promise? Yeah, I'll do it next time we meet in the Zoom. I'll remind you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, um, where can can like the audience find you? Like on Instagram, or like do you have any like places where you publish your work? No. So on Instagram. <laughs> uh, on Instagram, I'm uh, at Sarahcles the Strong. It's a private Instagram. Um, oh you yes. Can, you can post it if you have um, like text. Um, sometimes I post my sewing projects there, but are uh, more mm-hmm. like I'll post about something. But yeah, again, right. again, I'm I'm very, I'm very strange because I'm I, I realize like as an artist, it's strange to like not want a anyone to see it. Well, it's not that I don't want anyone to see it. It's just that like I'm not I don't want to have fans if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't want to deal with the public like yeah i, to, I have a I, sister like that yeah my sister katie's like that for like six years and i don't want to deal with the public anymore like you <laughs> don't want to be recognized yeah like you know yeah. and that's not like a whole um yeah i just like value my privacy and i value yeah. like you know um not being a public th- figure. figure like i remember yeah. when i was four years old i really loved britney spears 
Mm. Maybe I was a little older. Four is a little young. Six, six or eight. Six or eight, I loved Britney Spears. I was like, Britney Spears is so cool. Britney Spears is so awesome. I want to be Britney Spears. I want to be a pop star. I want to like dance and sing and like travel all over the world and have people love me and admire me. But then, like, even as a tiny human, like seeing hordes of people following her, asking her questions. It's exhausting. um, Yeah, it's exhausting. And I was like, I don't think I want to do that. That sounds Mm. awful. Like, what if I just want to eat, like, chocolate and be alone and watch movies? And I can't do that because I'm Britney Spears. I feel like Jennifer Lawrence does that. She just, like, stays home most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, those homebodies, it's perfect for homebodies. Yeah, but, but I don't want to also be, like, Dolly Parton where I have to wear, or, like, where I wear a wig all the time if I'm going to do a public anything. Or, like, have people feel entitled to... Me. to talk to you yeah like yeah. And that that's the other thing that I'm just like that's hard also because sometimes yeah. I feel like it's wasteful for me to not network it's wasteful yeah. for me to not have a public presence like I don't have a website I just have my Instagram I just have my right. Facebook I do have a LinkedIn but I don't like use it that much I yeah your hair's really short in it I just I looked it up. I know. It's from a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just like don't want to do... I feel like this is also a whole other facet about me specifically where being commodified is a problem. Like, I don't like being objectified in that way. Because you don't want to be a product I, that yeah, people exa- sell. Exactly. I know that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Cause, no, but, it totally does for like yeah, artists because yeah, artists it, are like, ah... Uh, yeah, like I remember watching. Um, actually, well, who did that video? I think it was a. I think it was the take of Kiki's delivery service and the starring mm. artist thing, where I'm like, yeah, she likes. She's really good at flying, but then she like commodifies it and sells yeah, and her it flying. Doesn't become fun and, anymore. And she yeah, and she gets burned out. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. And I realized, you know, earlier um, that sure, I like being in a community I like being connected with people but I don't want to be a product I don't want to be a public figure I don't want to like be I don't want to sell myself right yeah and I'm like I sometimes I don't even like my day job just based on that logic alone but I'm just like well I need to do this thing called living I have to do this thing called like making money so I have to I have I have to accept it somewhere but like Mm -hmm. you know I just don't want to take my art is so personal to me that I don't want to like have it be a business I don't want to have it be like uh, selling and I know that's not what everyone wants to do like some people are like no it's at one end of the spectrum like I had a acting coach who said Mm -hmm. that you're not an artist unless you're being paid for it but I I totally disagree yeah I I totally disagree like it's such a because so many like most artists are like introverts who are doing their thing alone like painting or or making their clothes or Mm -hmm. singing Mm -hmm. you know creating music yeah and like like so many people never got paid for their art but they still made something you know they created something so i really i don't think that monetization is like the real like monetization does not make art it doesn't yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I also, like, I for me, I want to be, like, well-known so nobody's a stranger. Mm-hmm. I used to have such, like, anxiety 
in out in public where I was even afraid of like the greeter at Michael's. The person who'd like say hello and ask you if you want a, a basket. I'm like, oh, I would like be so scared. I'm like, ah, oh, don't talk to me. They're like, welcome. Would you like a? And then you run away screaming. And you're like, ah. I'm like, okay. I love it. It's mm-hmm. like um, Meryl Streep's character in um, a series of unfortunate events. You know, where people come to her door and she starts screaming. You know, but like. Oh my god. Yeah. So in college, uh, I joined Afro-Cuban, and my um, Afro-Cuban mentor, John Calloway, he um, suggested I go to jazz camp, which mm. is for, like, adults, like, 16 to, like, 100-year-olds. Nice. So, like, I went to jazz camp for a week in the summer, and um, everyone would say he- hello as you were walking by. You can sit at any table and just talk, like, deep conversations like this. It's called Jazz Camp West. Mm. And so, like... You can just make all these friends in the woods and play music together mm-hmm. of all ages. And it, it really helped me with my, like, um, social anxieties. Because, like, if you just say hello, mm-hmm. then, like, strangers aren't so scary. So mm-hmm. I think, like, if I was well-known, people would already know me. And then they'd want to talk to me. So mm-hmm. they're basically not strangers. Hey, you know me. Now I get to ask you weird personal questions. So <laughs> why do you wear the color green everywhere? Is What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Do you like desserts? <laughs> you know? Yes. Just anything I, I want to ask people. I could talk to anyone. Because they already sense. recognize me. And they are like, oh, mm-hmm. that person was on a clown special. Or mm-hmm. that person sang some interesting music the other day in the park. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go talk to that person. They're not scary. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to be, like, known. And I also want to create stuff like this and be able to share it with more people. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, talks like this are, like, so cozy. Like, at jazz camp, I'd always have deep conversations like this with people. And I'd be thinking, man, so many people are missing out on genuine connection Mm-hmm. true talking without like having all these like fronts up kids these days i always say that as if i'm an old old folk but <laughs> kids these days they're also guarded they're like why are you talking to me why are you offering that chair to me like just like an old person i offer like a chair in a coffee shop if someone's waiting for their coffee like oh do you need a chair do mm-hmm. you need to sit down and they're like oh no thanks i have a girlfriend <laughs> i'm like i'm not hitting on you Mm -hmm. i'm offering you a chair i'm like do they also want a chair where's your girlfriend (laughs) yeah they're like does your girlfriend need chair it's just like i have two chairs his girlfriend was not even there he was just (laughs) stating it because like he thought he was being hit on it's like Mm. you know you could have a chair and still have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and you can have genuine conversations with people it's just Mm -hmm. like the youth these days they're all like what do you want from me Mm-hmm. They all think everyone wants something. Like, yeah. what are you going to try to sell me? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so sad. Yeah. You know? So, so more genuine mm-hmm. talks like this and more artists to share is just, like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So did, have you uh, taken away anything from the chat today? Talking um, about pot, you know, art. You. Me. Your um, poem. Um, Your clothes. <laughs> 
I just like talking to you. <laughs> yeah, just, me like, too, really Sarah. Fun. Yeah, I just like talking to you. You're really You're fun. You're fun. Yeah. You're easy to hang out with. Yeah, I, and I that's like what you a lot. this is for. This yeah, is so I can hang out with my friends and actually talk to them, and then you're, share you're, it with new friends that don't know me yet. You're like one of the coolest humans I know. <laughs> <gasps> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said yes because I'm like, heck yeah, I'll go. I'll be on your I podcast. You. Sure. You're so nice. Mm. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, too.